Hello and welcome. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you have once again reached the Two Beers Please podcast, bros. I'm Yannick and Carnesau. As always, I'm here with my friend and sports aficionado, Matthew Phillips. And we are here to talk to you about all of the actions. <laughs> Depending on the sport, you're not an aficionado always. Come on, Matt. You got to keep up the rep. <laughs> Oh, gosh, I know literally nothing about cricket or rugby. I, I could like I know a, what a scrum is. That's about it. I think I said before when I was in Australia with my buddy Sean, like we went to a sports bar one night and there was like rugby and cricket. And I think Australian rules football, I would remember, total name that is um, all on. And that was like the first time I was sitting in a sports bar and being like, I have no idea what's going on. This is what it's like for the normal, you know, non-sport fucking psycho like myself when they're at a place where there's just sports going on. They're just like, oh, this is just looks like chaos. Yeah, no, it, it, I, I've watched a part of a cricket game before and been like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sure I could get it. I just, I just yeah, yeah, of course, of course. It's like when I first started watching basketball and I didn't understand <clears throat> how the fouling worked. Because it makes no sense until you, it does. You know what I mean? Like the whole charge situation, I was like, so sometimes it's a foul yeah. and sometimes it's not. And it doesn't, I, I don't really, you know, but now I kind of, I get it a little bit more, you know, and it's the rule itself has some issues. Well, you but, watch, oh yeah, if you watch college basketball, they don't even know what the hell the rule is. They don't. They're just like, well, it's so it's so frustrating. Can you oh, sell it? last minute and uh, he ran into me. So that's a charge. No. <laughs> so frustrating. So frustrating. Well, luckily, Matt, we're not talking about college basketball today. We're done talking about college basketball for a little Man. bit. We are talking professional. Oh, <laughs> Have you seen how much love Arkansas has been getting in all the way too early oh, yeah. basketball? Oh, Set yeah. It before all those. Set it before yeah, you all did. Those. Yeah, you did. You're even wearing. We're both wearing red today in support of Arkansas. We didn't mean to, but uh, let's go go Razorbacks. Um, Look at your uh, Razorbacks home games, and you'll see us there in Arkansas. No, that's not going to happen. I'm sorry, we don't have the budget for that, Matt, to go to Arkansas. If we do, though, we get the budget. That's where we go. Right. Those are goals. Get the get the (laughs) get the expendable income to go to Arkansas to watch the Razorbacks. It would be really like we gotta go into SEC country to watch some Arkansas basketball. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. These are these are goals, people. You're you're in on the goals of Yannick and Matt as a podcast duo. They're just looking to actually though, that's not even a lie. We're looking to travel and watch sports and take you guys on the journey very soon. So I I was going to make a joke about it, but I very much am into this yeah. idea. Yeah. Arkansas, I want to see Arkansas, Tennessee. If we're going to see a game, not I think like that insane. Of a thing to, like, we're not like, guys, we're going to do a podcast from the moon. Like we can get to Arkansas. Yeah. It's not like Dagestan. <laughs> it's not like, like it'll, be, it'll be easier. <laughs> we really, honestly, we really want to go to Arkansas next year. We can do it. Hmm. Let's see. We won't but do a podcast. Exactly. Give us five, five years. Your friendly Arkansas podcasting duo, Yannick and Matt. They're in Arkansas once a year, but damn when they are. We got to find get... somebody in New York who's from Arkansas. I'm sure there's somebody. It's New York oh, City. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who's from Texarkana. 
but I, I believe I believe she's on the uh, on the Texas side. Mm. I don't know who she is to put it Fayetteville. Isn't Skyler in Arkansas right now? Isn't he in Little Rock? I feel like he is. Uh, no idea. I feel like uh, for those of you listening, Skyler Mathias is in <laughs> Arkansas. I feel like I saw that last time, and uh, that's. That's what I know about Arkansas people. So that, that's that's my that's the ta- the cap of my knowledge. I know no one else. Hell yeah, it is in Fayetteville. God, I'm a freaking genius. Ah, uh, freaking genius. Well, these freaking not, geniuses. No, no, it's not. Uh, these geniuses are going to talk to you about sports at some point today. Not in Arkansas sports. Uh, we're going to get into the NBA playoffs uh, because the play in games are either over or they're over at this point when you're listening to this um, and the playoffs have officially begun. Uh, we'll get you through well, some Champions maybe, League. Maybe not, right? Because is it Friday? Because nine and ten play tonight. And then yeah. Friday, will be, Friday will be the winner of nine and ten against uh, the Cavs and the Clippers. Of course, yeah. I meant in the spirit of the playoffs has officially begun this week. Oh, the, I'm just saying, like the play, the play-in might just not be decided. That's all I was saying. Yeah, true, 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 true. It's weird, but the play-in should still be. Which I kind of forgot how the play-in works, and I freaking love. Like I think it's so. I it's love great. It. It's fantastic. It's honestly of all of the playoff changes in any of the sports, it's the one that I'm like, you got this 100 percent right. Like it's great. The winner yeah. should just get an automatic spot. The loser shouldn't go out of the 7-8 game because they still finished better than the 9-10s. Um, so they should get that extra chance. Uh, and you're giving more teams a chance to like, you know, you want to make a run and show us that you're better than the regular season? Go and do it, you know? And, and I, you know, anything can happen from these 9-10 teams. There are some good, you know, 9-10 teams that could like at least upset a team. Or even like, like just even just two mistakes. Like, like if the Nets were the games last night and then like, this team would have been going to do like a winner take like they could literally get knocked out before the, the playoff like proper playoffs begin. Would have just added such a cool and there was even like it, watching that game last night like you could tell like the Nets were like we're not gonna fuck around like this is we're winning this game and we're getting ourselves securely in the playoffs and that kind of intensity I think to like to start the playoffs just kicks it off so just just well. It was good. Yeah, it was a great game. I, you know, the, the way the Nets were playing, Kyrie Irving fully at in his bag again, really, really, really playing at a top level. Um, and uh, Darius Garland also coming out and, and like showing some steam too. scored 34 points. Um, you know, if you, if you listen to the podcast, you know, we love us some Darius Garland. Uh, so we love sex know, land. We love sex land. I'm, uh, I'm praising on Darius Garland later in the episode. I'm ready to okay, go. there you go. Yeah. Well, then let's get to the rest of the episode. Before we get there, uh, we're just going to remind you to follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at the number 2BP underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram at 2BeersPlease underscore podcast, spelled like it sounds. And then in terms of where you can find the podcast, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, rate, <laughs> review, subscribe. Give us a social media shout out if you can. We've been having a lot of new listeners in lately. And we thank you a lot because we've been doing this pretty consistently for two years now. And uh, we love doing it and we love it more when more people are listening. So, Dude, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to become fully like a pro Kansas Jayhawks 
podcast because I'm a, like the Facebook thing, especially there's just like some random Kansas fans that are like, let's go Jayhawks. I'm like, hell yeah. All right. Right. I'll, there was I'll some heat, heat some praise on the Jayhawks all day. I love that when that happens, when we randomly get, uh, you know, we, we praise a team and there and people are like, hell yeah, praise the team. I love it. Yeah, for sure. That's our, that's our squad. Like some put, dude, come listen in. We'll, we'll give your squad. Even, I'll give, oh, I love Bill Self. I got a picture yeah. with Bill Self. There you go. I didn't, you have a picture with Bill Self? Yeah. That's dope. When did I you get him, that? I met him after an Iowa State, Kansas game one year. And mm. Iowa State whooped him. It was pretty recently. And Iowa State like whooped him. And he was still like super gracious and like really cool and stuff. But we just happened to be like leaving Hilton uh, and like exiting the same place where they were getting onto their bus. And so we were like, hell, let's see if we can snap some pics. Love that. Look at it. Matt's an equal, not equal, sorry. Matt's an opportunity chaser. Uh, and, yeah. and he Bill really Self goes after gamer, baby. There you go. I don't know if I have a picture with someone like Bill Self that I could, that I could brag about. I, you know, I am someone who I don't get pictures with people when I see them. I, I don't know why. I think I just chicken out. <laughs> oh, I never but, do. I never, if it wasn't, I was with like my mom and my aunt and they're like, they fucking love it. I most of the time just like, Oh, that was dope seeing them. Maybe if it's someone like super dope, like when I walked by Hannah Waddingham the other day, I was like, I'm going to get like a picture of her because she's freaking sick. But I'm always just kind of like, too, like when you see him walking around, you're like, I don't want to bug you. Like, I don't want to be that guy. Right. That's exactly how I feel. I'm just always like, my mom is the opposite. She's like, can you, I'll say I saw someone in the city and she'll be like, get a picture with them. And I was like, listen, mom. The last person, actually, funnily enough, was Alec Baldwin. I was like, listen, mom, I'm not getting a picture with Alec Baldwin. And guess what? That was the right move. You're going to be like super cool or just go off on me. There's no middle ground. Yeah, he's he actually was pretty cool when we were serving him. But, you know, uh, he can that, be really cool. Yeah. That's the funny thing with Alec Baldwin is just like the extremes. Yeah. He's super like there's times you watch 30 Rock too, you're like, God, you're so funny and talented. And then there's other times you're just like, oh, Baldwin, you are. You got chill, man. You got to chill out. Uh, before we get into sports, though, uh, I want to know, Matt, what are you drinking today? I just have a, uh, a classic Lagunitas IPA, Cowboy. They're $2 right now at Whole Foods. So, mm. you know, I'm a frugal drinker. I'm actually not a good frugal drinker at all. But uh, today I am. Actually, there's a place right by my, my house that I just walked by the other day. I saw the sign again today. $1 PBRs during happy hour. $3 mules. 12 to 7 is happy hour. I'm like, so, Yannick, we will be going there at some I, point. I got to say, you know what? I forget his name. I can't believe I'm just remembering to tell you this on the podcast, but I have to. We went to that... Uh, is it called Blondie's, the bar that we went to the yeah. one time? I saw that bartender in my neighborhood and I literally, oh, I, waved, yeah. I waved hi to him and I, without remembering what I knew him from. And then I was like, wait, I know him from that, that bar. Bartender. I rule. That dude was great. And he waved Blondies. back at me. He was great. We do. We got to go back, say hi, let him know about the podcast. Soon he'll be working with us and it'll be great. Um, Lagunitas. Plus he hooked us up. Plus, he did hook us up. Uh, <laughs> kind of bartender. Uh, it's the only kind of bartender. If you're not a bartender that hooks up your 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 nice people, you know what kind of bartender are you? Um, no, I I am drinking a Brooklyn brewery beer. I'll show 
one one day we'll have video and everybody will see this but i just you know Ooh, i like nice. the astagas and what i also I liked is the colors they use oh yeah absolutely and what i also liked about this is this one's called bodega run and i literally went yeah. and ran to the bodega to get a beer and i was like this is what i this is what i i am on a bodega run that's, this is what i gotta get great. that's clever <laughs> Yeah, no, it's great. I'm almost surprised they haven't like thought of that before now because I feel like that's I haven't seen that one before. I, I haven't either. No, truthfully, I think this must be new or it's it's a well stocked IPA. It says, um, and look, I got this really nice like artsy uh, bottle opener, and it's just like it's just so I'm feeling Hell like yeah. very I'm feeling very bougie, uh, but like it, it it just works like that. It's just like a. Ah. You know, and just boom. And it's a magnet, too. So then it just like catches it. And uh, it's pretty dope. Uh, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty easily amused. Um, but <laughs> doesn't take a ton. Doesn't take a ton. racing, but no. That's a good way to be. Also, I talked to Matt about this before we started the podcast, but. It is so nice and it's not always possible. So I totally get why we don't, but it is nice to do a podcast at like 2 PM when drinking a beer. Isn't like something that you're like, ah, do I want to? It's a, it's 11. <laughs> what is it's my day? Beautiful out. And like when it's nice out and sunny, especially those first few ones, it always feel like I like have to fight the urge almost every day. Those first few weeks of what it's nice out being like, oh, I should go sit on a patio and have a beer. Yeah, because it just hits so well. So when it's like twelve and it's muggy out and it's cold, you're like, "This is." Yeah, you're just like, I, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to drink. I don't want to. I just drink a beer. Yeah, but no, the summer definitely makes beer drinking more uh, enjoyable. And I've not been drinking beer all that much, and I plan on getting really into it again. Uh, and I'm excited for me and everybody else uh, for that reason. And. Uh, <laughs> I uh, going to be a positive for everybody involved. Everyone's going to benefit. No one at all will uh, will have any thoughts negative about it. So, <laughs> yeah. But speaking of blondies, uh, are you someone because we talked about blondies wanting to be kind of a bar that we go to more regularly? Are you someone who could like in the past or now could say that they're a bar regular? Or are you more of someone who like goes to different bars every time they go out? I like I like having like a few spots that like when you're just kind of like eh, whatever let's just go out and do something like that you can like hit on but I like trying different spots most of the time like, I think I think it's good yeah. to have some in the rotation like we go to Smithfield sometimes oh. we're just like oh, let's just go to Smithfield and it's easy that's where we you know blah 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 but I think it's more fun to to, to run around. Yeah, I think it also depends on where you are and your habits change. Because when I was in Iowa City, there's only so many bars to pick from. And I really quickly learned which ones I liked and which ones I didn't. So I always went to the ones I liked and therefore maybe became more of a regular somewhere. But in New York, there's so many options, you know, and so maybe you find some that you like. In Iowa City, you're going to have a regular just like because of just the sheer number here. Right. You certainly don't have to. You're right. What's your favorite Iowa City bar? I didn't. I didn't prep you for that, but I, I'm curious. I always liked. Um, well, we we just went to Pints a lot, and I always had fun at Pints. And yeah. the end of the night with I will always like Pints or DCs was probably my favorite. Pints or DCs? Yeah. I didn't go to DCs I like, a I lot. Like DC. I like DCs. 
DC's is the one with the staircase, right? Yeah, and they have like the, uh, the second floor that would like have go around. That was a good ass. That could be a good. And they'd have big ass, like you get big ass uh, jugs. Yeah. Of, uh, I like I like DCs. I never got it. It was a Blackhawk bar, but I never really went there during those games. Mm, that's fair. I yeah. I just my anxiety was too much for DCs because it's one thing being crowded on the floor, but then like being crowded going upstairs. I was just like, ah, you know, I I feel I feel unsafe. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's maybe it's me. Maybe it's there are too many people on these damn stairs. But uh, you know, wasn't yeah, my favorite. Seriously. I like Spoko. Spoko is nice. Um, I I can't say that I went to. I, of course, I love the mill, but that was more of like a laid back situation. R.I.P. By the way, R.I.P. Um, the mill. The mill did rule. The mill did rule. Vine, in the same vein, uh, the vine. I love the vine. Oh, so good. So so good. Where was, it, where was I just thinking? Oh yeah, Spoko. Spoko is where you could do like twenty five or twenty one. Twenty five. On your birthday, you can get a yeah. shit ton of pictures. Yeah. So I guess yeah. I ended up at Spoko all the time because, especially for those things, like, I feel like you would, like, you get so much beer for those things, you would literally have to invite everyone. So, like, it would be someone's birthday that, like, you, like, kind of knew, but, like, probably, like, normally maybe wouldn't, like, be, like, really, like, oh, yeah, let's go out for their birthday. But it was like, they're going to have pictures of Spoko. So you're like, fuck it. Let's I'm do there. it. They need me to get through that beer. It's going to be really cheap beer that I can drink all night like i'm i'm in happy birthday i also like i like celebrating people's birthdays yeah that was always the time i was going out i also <clears throat> i i've never been a huge going out to bars person but i really think it's just because you know there was also a lot of cool places to drink that weren't bars um you know in college and still now you know i feel like people are it's fun you know to to be at someone's house and stuff when they're hosting stuff too. And especially in college, as you know, like lots of parties going on and dude, I miss and, house parties. Uh, yeah. Don't you, I, I do. And I don't, but I do. I do. I do. Cause even like apartment parties in New York are different than like house. Parties. They are it's like house parties. You had like actual, like even if it was like packed, it was still like the spaciousness of a house. Where like apartment parties here always feel like you know you're like sorry like it's just different. Yeah, I haven't even been I haven't even been to like an apartment party in a long time. I mean, there's I a pandemic there that's been that happening. Pandemic. Yeah, there was that pandemic thing. Yeah, that 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 took our minds off of partying for a little bit. <laughs> just that got us into alcoholism, though. Funnily enough, uh, it's away from yeah. partying, but not away from the drinking part of the partying. No. So uh, change the location. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into it because the NBA playoffs, the spirit is here. The play in games are happening as we speak. And, uh, you know, as always, the NBA playoffs, one of the most exciting times in sports. You know, we just got done with March Madness, but I almost feel like if for different reasons, I'm more excited for these NBA playoffs because of all the different storylines going in. Uh, you talked right about it. The seventh and eighth seed games just happened. Uh, we had the Nets. Uh, triumphing over the Cleveland Cavaliers, all but an injury stacked Cleveland Cavaliers side. Uh, and you had uh, the Timberwolves beating the Clippers, uh, which was kind of cool because Patrick Beverly got to return to his old team, have a little revenge on the Clippers. And, you know, despite Cat shooting like three for 11, they really got it done, especially with Anthony Edwards. So two interesting teams here. 
you know, I'm going to ask this question, but but I think it is fair to ask because I think one of them has an easier matchup than the other one simply because of the conference. Um, but out of the Nets and uh, the Timberwolves, which seven seed? Because you know they're both the seven seed now. Will upset the will upset their two seed because we have the Nets going up against Boston. They're twenty six and six uh, to end the, the regular season, and then you have the Timberwolves going up against John Morant and the Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just like experience wise, you would probably rather play the Grizzlies, but I'm going to pick the Brooklyn Nets because as exciting as, as Ant and Cat are, and I, I think they've got a very, very bright future there in, in Minnesota, their their best days are still, I think, ahead of them. And even their best days, they might not reach the level that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are at. So the Nets have Irving and, and, and Durant, and that means that they can, no matter what their seat is, no matter where you want them to play, that they can beat any team in the NBA because those guys are, as we saw last night, like they, they can become unstoppable. Like I think Irving started the game 12 for 12 from the floor, like four for four from free throw line. Like it, the guy, and, and we kind of mentioned this before and I don't know why people haven't talked about it more. He's like the freshest player in the NBA. Yeah, no, he Everybody is. Everybody else has played a full season. He has been chilling and not like chilling, like not working because clearly he's been working. That shot, like you said, he was in his bag. He was cooking. He's hitting everything, taking it to the hole, shooting outside as as good as he ever has, I think. Um, but like as far as the, the miles on his legs, like he's ready to go. And that's a kind of a terrifying prospect, especially if, if they can get further and further along in the playoffs and into like deeper series, like come a game seven or something like Kyrie's probably going to be a little fresher than, than a lot of those guys. Yeah. I mean, you have to say the nets because of Katie and Kyrie's ability to put up 60 plus a game, like right. no matter who it is against. And, you know, there is some premise to say, you know, the Celtics are arguably and inarguably, I think in my head, the best defensive team in the league, uh, however, they are without Robert Williams, who is a great lateral defender and I think kind of makes a big part of their defense. They'll still be fine. They're not going to all of a sudden have a huge hole. Uh, but that is cause for concern for Boston, especially against two players who are very matchupless. Like you really can't do all that much against them. Uh, so I think it's easy to point to the Nets here. However, I will say I think both seven seeds could upset the two. I mean, Grizzlies are great, but Timberwolves have a lot of stars, and a lot of grit. And, uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and, and, and Anthony Edwards could very much take over a series, at least one. I don't think they have it in them to really go far. But, you know, Grizzlies team without a lot of playoff experience, you wonder, you know, what happens when they get in there, especially having the two seed, which is such like a, a lot of pressure in it. And um, it probably won't happen considering the Grizzlies barely lose even without John Moran. I think their win percentage without John Moran is ridiculous, like in the 80 percentile. Um, but still, like, it could happen, I think. <laughs> yeah, now the T-Wolves aren't, aren't going to, like, falter or, you know, fall over for anyone. And, and like like you said, I mean, they're both leagues. They're both – they have about the same amount of playoff experience as each other. So it's not like either team can really be like, oh, yeah, we've we've been in this situation before and have that to bank on. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting. And, and two, like with the Grizzlies, it's – it would – like, I don't think this is really going to hold them back. But it is different – when like maybe say this is kind of their coming out year and they were like the six or the five seed, but now they're the two seed. Like there's a little more, it's a kind of like, Hey, you can't just show up in the playoffs now. Like you, you were the second best, you have the second best record in the league. Like 
you better not be going out early in the first round. So there is a little more pressure to it uh, with, with that seed. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that it's going to be really interesting, both of these matchups. Like you said, one matchup is two versus seven, where both have the same playoff experience. So like they're seeded very differently, but in terms of playoff success, they're very much a toss up. And the other one, you know, the Nets as the two seed knocks out the Celtics at the seven seed the last time they faced off in the playoffs, which is now the title is switched. So where do we see that kind of happen? And uh, it is going to be really interesting. I think the Celtics, you know, have a very good chance of winning this one still because you, I can't emphasize how bad the Nets defense is truthfully. Like even just Darius Garland yesterday tore them apart and the fact that that game was close without Jared Allen, without, you know, it, 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 it shouldn't have been that close defensively. They still let in like 106 points and against, you know, Jason, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart really hitting from three really well. It, it, it is cause for concern. Um, but I think the Robert Williams I do, loss. I do think make- the Nets match up better with the Celtics, though, than with the, the Cavaliers. Like the Cavaliers can attack you with that point guard and with all their size where the, the, the Nets have more like wing players similar to like Tatum and, and uh, Brown. So I do think like the matchup for like what the Cavaliers can offensively like take advantage of is more of the Nets weaknesses. Not, not saying the Nets are going to like become a defensive stopper on the Celtics, but I think the Cavaliers are a bad matchup for already a bad defense. That that's fair to bring up. However, the Cavaliers don't match up the same in this fact that you don't have two players on the Cavs that can like you can actually realistically say go point for point with KD and Kyrie on the Celtics. You do. You do have two players that can't score 30 yeah, plus a night. Absolutely. With, yeah. yeah. I'm so just that's saying, like where where the Cavaliers can attack. Like, like, yeah, like I, I'm, it didn't surprise me that Darius Garland scored that much. And and like with Mobley and Markin and, and, and the side, even without Jared Allen, they still have. A, a lineup that's very different from most NBAs. And we know that the, the Nets like do not have very much size. Like Nicholas right. Claxton is kind of your, your big guy. So I think it was the Cavaliers like being able to take advantage of that. I don't think like the, the Nets still have to be worried about their defense, but I don't think like because of that game or whatever. No, yeah, no, no. I mean, this the worry has not gotten better or worse with that game. I just, I think it, it's uh, it's going to be interesting because Katie and Kyrie will definitely need to play at their peak, which they will, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown will have to play at theirs. And I think if it's a close matchup between those pairs, I give the edge to the Celtics simply because some of the extra role players they have in the defense they play. But if Katie and Kyrie play more consistently than Jason and Jalen, it can be a really easy series for the Nets because regardless of how much better the Celtics defense is, you know, Jason and Jalen have yet to prove that they're Katie and Kyrie and they, and they will have to a little bit, they will have to. And I, um, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch to see if they can do that because this is a duo that we've been saying, when is it going to happen? You know, this is the duo that's like, Oh, they could be so dangerous, but when, but when, but when, and this is a great opportunity for them to show that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're comparing duos, like, you're, you're going to pick Durant and, and Irving every time. Like Kevin Durant is the best basketball player on the planet. Um, ask, ask any NBA player if they'll, they'll say that. Um, so I think it, I think this this series does come down to like because both these teams have strong role players. Whose role players and, and and it probably goes to each side. Which of the Nets' role players are going to step up a little bit more defensively? And on the Celtics side, those role players have to score because right. like. The Celtics can play as good as defense as they want. You're not going to stop 11 and 7. 
Like they're they're gonna get theirs. So the Celtics players, if they can, if the role players can step up offensively. If the Nets role players can step up defensively, I think that's where the the, the difference comes. Because even though I say Durant and Irving have the edge over Tatum and Brown, it's not like a a huge huge edge. Um, right. So I think it does come down to which which of those role, those role players can kind of take care of the weaknesses of their team or, or help cover up a little bit of the weaknesses of their team. Right. I mean, it's just as simple as even if the both of them, all four of them scored 40 points a night, that's only 80. So how, where do the other points come from? Do you see right. Bruce Brown kind of emerge as he has on occasion? Do you see Marcus Smart get hot from three as he has on occasion? It's going to, it's going to be a really interesting series. Uh, and I think there's even some storylines in terms of Kyrie coming back to Boston. It already happened, but I'm saying like, there's still that, not animosity, but that uncomfortable feeling of how Kyrie left. And oh, I think yeah. Jason Tatum already talked about it before the series now where he's like, Kyrie has regrets and has a lot of feelings. And for KD, right, KD loves a challenge. And KD is being challenged in this in this game with an emerging star. And I, and I think that is always going to be interesting to watch. And he has yet to not answer a challenge since he's come back for the Nets. So... I, I'm definitely not happy as a Celtics fan that this is how it played out. Um, you get the two scenes. Oh, hey, here's the uh, team that's been the favorite for like the most of the last two years. Right. And then if you beat them, congratulations, go play Giannis. And it's like, okay. <laughs> but yeah. but I think the winner will come out of this side of the bracket. So I always say this, to be, be the best, you have to beat the best. And that's just always how it's been. It's always how it will be. And uh I'm I'm excited. I'm really, really pumped. I think that it's going to really go down to the wire. As for the best right now, you know, you have to look at the champs bucks, right? They they played the Suns. They won their first title uh, in a while. Giannis getting his first. Who do you think has a better chance of making it back to the final this year uh, between Milwaukee and Phoenix? Yeah, we've you know, we've talked about this a few times just kind of throughout the year. I think every time I've said Phoenix, I kind of stick with Phoenix. They've been they've been the best team from start to finish, and then I also just like you kind of look at their path, and like I I, I think the Bucks are not going to get challenged all that much by the Bulls. I think the no, Bucks probably yeah. have the best like just where the Bulls are playing right now. They have they lost all their confidence. They're, they're just not there. Great year for Chicago, but they they're not finishing the year well. So I don't see a challenge there. But then like you said, like it's Boston or uh, Brooklyn. And then either probably Miami or Philly. Like it's going to be two just battles of, of series that you have to get through. Um, not saying Phoenix won't get challenged, but I, the challenges that lay ahead for the Bucks, I think, are, are far more challenging than for Phoenix. And I mean, like in Phoenix's advantage, they they do have home court throughout the day. Like the Bucks would have to go to Boston or have to go to Miami in, in one of those scenarios. So um, yeah, I'll go. I'll go Phoenix. Yeah, I you said it right there. I mean, the Bucks are great for sure, and they should be considered East favorites, just considering all the other teams that there's a lot of questions still. Like the Nets could be favorites, but they have to play Boston and they have to play the Bucks, which you know makes their road hard. The Heat are the number one seed, but there's still questions about how far they can go against this tough opposition in like a winner take all series. Um, but there's also just like of a lot more variables in the East than the West, right? In the East, whoever wins Boston versus Brooklyn, like you said, do Harden and Embiid click at the right time. Cause if they do, that's really hard to stop. Could the heat team that starts, you know, ended the season at the number one spot, despite all of the pressure, could they stay hot? So there's like a lot of things happening. And I think that doesn't bode as well for the bucks and the bucks will be the bucks and they will make any, 
series competitive. Um, but I just think the Suns, I, I look at the West and there's a lot of interesting teams, but I don't know if I have one team that I'm like, they're going to challenge the Suns. They can beat the Suns. I don't have that team in the West. I, I really don't. Yeah. I mean, like you look at like the Nuggets, they're, they're missing two, two big guys. Uh, the Mavericks, now Doncic isn't fully there and they, and they don't feel like fully there. We know the issues with the Jazz. The, the Grizzlies, as much as I love them, they, they, it feels like they're still like a year or two away. Um, and even the Warriors, it, it's... It, They've, they, there's been times where they've, you know, shown weaknesses, um, particularly in kind of the latter half of the season. So the, yeah, the, the West and, and the East, where you just compare like the teams that they play, it's, it's a lot tougher for Milwaukee. I'd say I give them easy close. Right. And Milwaukee's playing at their top for once in their freaking lives. They are healthy as can be. They are at playing at their peak. The Suns have not had Chris Paul for most of the end of the year. So they yeah. still have room to grow. And so you think, well, if there's already a gap in talent, then you add Chris Paul into the mix. You know, is there anyone that can really compete with them? And there is. But all the other teams, like you said, are so inconsistent or so injury prone, like the Warriors, I would say, uh, that it it does. You do think that the Suns have a better chance of getting there. Um, and in my and head, I, this, sorry, but like, and with the Suns, like they've got... <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of unfinished business on on the, the tip of their tongue. Like they, that's the taste that I think is still in their mouth. Like I, there's that video, you know, of Devin Booker as the confetti's coming down. He just kind of looking, holding his drink, just damn. Like I, I think they and they did. They like they had that series, uh, and and they felt like they were in control and, and really gave it away. And so I think that's you know we've seen teams do that before. We've seen Bayern lose in a shitty way to the Champions League final. Next year they're like. We're getting this taste out of our fucking mouth, and we are yeah. going to beat everybody. And the Suns, I feel like they're on the, the same sort of revenge tour. Right. That's why I don't like playing Brooklyn, because, you know, KD in the back of his head is like, I want that matchup with the Bucks again. I will make that shot yeah. this time. You know, he's like that. God, I don't <laughs> want to play Brooklyn. Oh, <laughs> God, I don't want to play Kevin Durant. I hate that. I hate playing Kevin. Can I not? Can I opt out of playing Kevin Durant? Please? He's so good. <laughs> he's like, unstoppable yeah. in no, a way he's that he's unstoppable. Right. And, and you talk about other unstoppable players like Giannis is kind of unstoppable, too, but it's not in a physical way. It's just he is so good at every part of the game it's just he's like get, he's gonna get to his spot and then when he gets to his spot he's gonna make the shot it's he ridiculous shot, he's, he's just like how the hell did that happen there's it's a cr- of, somebody turn the ac on or something like yeah he must have wanted to miss that shot so they could get the rebound because because he just he saw there wasn't a good shot he just saw it Ugh, honestly. Um, okay, so Eastern Conference, Western Conference. Which player or or yeah, which player I would say do you think is gonna have the biggest impact on the playoffs? It doesn't have to be who's gonna take their team to the final, but who do you think is gonna be the best player in each in each of the conferences? Who you who are you looking at? And you know, there are some easy answers here, of course, but uh depends on what you think the playoffs is gonna entail. Right. Well, I feel like most of the the answers all kind of feel like easy answers. I, I'd say my East one is, is a pretty easy answer. I'd say my West one's a little a little more fun with it. But my East, I'm going to go with Joel. I kind of was going between Joel and Giannis, but I'm going to go with Embiid just because he has been the most dominant player all year. He's led, you know, the Philly team even before and after the Harden team. Like, his play has not dro- dropped at all. Wins the, the scoring title for center to do that in, like, over 20 years. Um, so, and he's, I mean, like, 
people are like, oh, yeah, the sitter's dead. But it's also like Joel Embiid's not playing the sitter position like they were playing at 20. Like this guy is insanely skilled. His ability is just like absurd. And I, I think, you know, this team will go as far as, as he can carry them. And then for the West, I'm going with Draymond. Uh, like, I think if Draymond can come and play that that Draymond role that he kind of was earlier in the season where he's really quarterback in that defense and just setting the tone for the Warriors, uh, especially defensively, that's when they become a really whole different team. And this team is – like, their offense is insanely good. It always has been under Kerr. But their offense really is fed by their defense. And, and it, it like, it, one leads to the other. And we've seen that a lot this year. Like when they were hot, it was because the defense was clicking, clicking, clicking. And when you're feeling yourself on defense, those shots start feeling a lot easier too. Uh, so I think if Draymond can get back to doing like that, then the Warriors are still, I mean, they're still like the three seed. They're not in a bad position. You got, you got a guy named Steph Curry. Uh, they got every every chance to to make it back to the finals. But I, but I think they'll need Draymond to play that Draymond role. I love that. I love that we picked different people for both too because we can really – keep some <clears throat> praise onto some players uh, for the East. You know, I kind of went with a Homer pick, but I also, for both of my picks, I kind of went with players that I think you the, went with a Homer pick. Listen, I, I have yeah, you gotta to, do, you gotta do it every now and then you gotta do it every now and then. And I feel like the series is too big. That's about to come up for me not to go with him because I have I like to, it. I have to, I have to manifest this shit. Um, no, but I also pick both of these players because I think for certain players, in both conferences, the stage is set for them to take an even further step than they already have. So for the East, I am looking at Jason Tatum. You know, he's, he dropped 50 on the nets in, in one of the serious games that they played. He's starting to score at a rate that we expected him to a couple of years ago. There was some doubts about which between Jalen Brown and him, who would you keep? And we even said Jalen Brown. However, I wouldn't say that now. I think we've been waiting to for him to arrive. Either I'd say at, keep them both. I would say keep them both. Exactly. Forget it. Yeah, nope. I, exactly. That's, but, but that's what it is because there was something that wasn't working, but he has come out and really arrived. And, and our question was not, is he an all-star? Our question was, is he an all-star great player or is he a superstar? And the stage is set with a matchup against KD with a matchup after that against Giannis the stage is set for him to become a superstar. He has the chance to outduel Kevin Durant, which I think on, on you know, should he perform like he has towards the end of the season, he can do that. I'm not saying he's a better player than Kevin Durant. He will never be a better player than Kevin Durant. However, he can outplay him in a series. Well, and I think too, like part of where the expectations have come from Tatum was because of that rookie season series against LeBron. Like right. he, he like and like, yeah, he didn't outplay LeBron, but he was ready to battle with LeBron. And, and we saw a guy that you were like, shit, this dude can lead a team to a title. We haven't seen him hit that high again, not in the regular season or the playoff. He's, he's been close and he's been great, but he was so impressive in that. Like, and he did a disservice to himself because he was like, holy shit, this guy's got something in him. And he's still been absolutely fantastic. It's, it's just we've seen another level to him. And it's like, can, can you get that back? And uh, it, this, I think you're 100% right. This series is, is one where he could really prove that. Right, exactly. He can establish himself as a top five scorer in the league. And, and, but he has to, you know, I say that this is hard for me to say against a team like the Nets, right? Do you have to win against the Nets? But I think he does. I think he has to show that he can, you know, out battle players like Katie and Kyrie in order to receive the respect that those two players have from us. So, you know, he's here, he's ready. Can he do it in the playoffs? Can he take the Boston team? 
Um, I think he can. And I think that you're going to see Jason Tatum do that in the West. I'm picking John Morant. You know, I really do think he can lead this Memphis team to a conference finals. I hard to say NBA finals, but I will say conference finals, you know, he can be the new kind of Allen Iverson type of one man wrecking crew. That is impossible to hold down. He's got that kind of energy. He's got that kind of belief in himself. And Iverson, uh, Dwayne Wade and like Westbrook all mixed into one. Exactly. Just uh, if, if, if you don't have pressure now, Ja, you listen to what my friend just said on this Dude, podcast. He reached it. He reached it. That's exactly. Plays, man. But exactly. And you know what? He is rightfully so. And we'll talk about this later. A most improved player candidate award, even though he played great last season. But but this the question still holds right. There are players who are great and there are players who win championships. Can he elevate himself even further than he has this season and take Memphis on a run, not just position Memphis well in the playoffs? Can he actually make a run with Memphis? And I, that stage is set for him as well. So I'm picking John Morant there and, I, and I'm excited to see what he can do in the playoffs. I really, really am. Um, I think, I you know, think it, for them, it's it's more so like, I mean, OK, I, I don't think they can lose to the Timberwolves, but I think if the, if the Grizzlies beat the Timberwolves, move on to the Warriors, lose to the Warriors, but, like, Jaw and that team show they have, like, that up in them. Like, I, the, there was that Warriors team a few years ago, or, like, not a few years ago, before they went on their run, that they, like, they upset somebody in the playoffs, and then I think it was the Spurs where they, like, pushed them to seven games. They shouldn't have been in the series, but, like, this, it was, the Warriors showed something where we were like, shit, this team... So I think as long as the Grizzlies can like show like that they've got like that playoff oomph, because I don't think anyone's gonna be like, oh, you lose to the Warriors. <laughs> of course not. No, no, no. Um, but I think it is. It's more how how they they look, and they they looked good last. I mean, they knocked out the Warriors last year with the playing game, and and I think kind of showed some flashes of it. But it is going back to even just like them being a two seed. You're right. They're like they they gotta they gotta show that they've got that, or else it is gonna be a little bit like oh. Especially for Memphis, like Memphis has had a lot of good teams, and I, I think were they the first one seed to to lose to an eight seed? Maybe they were the eight seed. I can't remember, but they historically not performed well in, in the playoffs. Hundred percent. I mean, they remind me a little bit of of an earlier version of Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz in terms of you have the star player, can you make the jump in the playoffs, or are you just going to be a perennial Western Conference contender? And and I agree, they don't have to go to the conference finals for me to be pro- to to prove to me that John Moran can take them there. But I do think they need to get past the Timberwolves, and I do think that they need Agreed. to make a series with the Warriors. And I think they can beat the Warriors depending on where the Warriors are at. So I Absolutely. think we're gonna see we're gonna see some great things from John Morant. I'm really excited. And uh yeah, I'm I'm man, I it's so funny. The NBA playoffs, this happened earlier today. I was just writing notes and it's happening now as we're talking about it. I'm so damn excited. Just like talking about stuff. I'm like, man, every game here is just like loaded. Dude, I, I don't understand. Like anyone people are like, oh, I don't watch the NBA or I don't like the NBA. And I'm like, well, I, then I guess you don't like basketball. Like I don't, I don't know what to tell you. These are the best players in the, in, in the world. And I, I, as an NBA fan for you know, most of my life, I don't think I've ever enjoyed the whole entire landscape as much as I do right now. Like there's always, it's always been the Bulls, the Lakers, the Heat, 
the warrior. And now it feels so open and so like it's like anyone can and can win. There's so there's I mean we still have some great guys like LeBron and Chris. <laughs> then you've got these guys like Giannis and Jokic and Embiid entering their their prime. And then you got these young dudes. Like the state of the NBA right now is fucking awesome. So there was someone on Twitter the other day that said with Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, with still LeBron and Chris Paul, with Devin Booker, Kyrie, KD, people said that this decade, or not decade, but this generation of players is the best that's ever been playing at the same time. Do you agree with that? I mean, so I always think with the with the NBA and probably with most sports, I think like the the elite of the elite are always like really good. I, I don't think there's ever been a time really where in basketball you'd be like, oh, those stars are are not as or like maybe Bob Cousy would need some adjusting to the modern day or, or game or something. But I do think like just the from like top to bottom, the the talent pool is is definitely like the best it's ever been. Like it's it it's insane how how good these guys are. Right. I mean, <clears throat> we haven't even mentioned some players that are very much up for NBA awards that will make a big impact on their teams. Uh, you know, and we, there's some teams that are playing in one and done situations like DeJounte Murray, who are also phenomenal. Um, so I agree. It's just like such a fun time uh, to watch NBA and to be kind of deep in it. I uh, I just want everyone to know I turned on Manchester City Atletico Madrid. So if I make any noises, it's because I'm hoping Atletico Madrid knocks out Man City because I'm a bitter Bayern fan. Let's go. Um, <laughs> let's do you know it. I was, I, I was talking to someone the other day and uh, I was like, you know what I also realized about part of the reason I, I mean, I love Ted Lasso for basically all reasons. Um, it's it, like my favorite show ever. But the fact that Manchester City is like the villain just fucking rules for me. Like, they knew like, what they were yeah. doing. Like, they knew what they were City. doing. They well, knew City, what they were doing. I think City was the only like one of the only teams that let them use their shit too. Like, I think, yeah, because now next season they can use the entire Premier League, so it worked out advantageously. But because like hell, twenty ten years ago, probably they would have shelled out so much money for it to be Manchester United. People mm. hated Manchester United. They still hate Manchester United. I don't know why. We suck. <laughs> oh, man. Whoa. God. Well, we, might, we might. I know you. I mean, you're going to get more depressed, and it's tough because it's, it's honestly, it's tougher when you actually have expectations. But <laughs> I, we might make the Europa League. Might. Yeah, it's it's not fun on either side. I do get that. I, I wouldn't want to be in your position as much as I hate being in mine, to be completely honest. Uh, yeah, I'll trade you a fucking heartbeat. Yeah, I, I, I won't. So I'll tra- God, damn it, another league title. God, just the league by by eight points. God, what am I going to do with my life? Um, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Well, let's focus on NBA for now, though. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, we talked about players who will kind of impact the game the most, and we definitely have some different ideas on who that would be. What do you think is an upset that's going to happen in the playoffs? And this can be like a game that you think is going to be a series that you think is an upset or a player that maybe will play super well or super poorly. Whatever you think is going to be surprising that's going to happen in these playoffs, because there are so many different scenarios. There are a lot of surprises to be had. But what's one that you're looking at specifically? So I got like... I got- Three sort of predictions that I got here, which Love I think it. Give it to me. that you could all kind of like be like, maybe not all be presumed as upsets, but but along that line. First one, 
the Bulls are going to get swept. They're not even going to get close to winning. Maybe they'll challenge game three, but the Bucks, the Bucks are going to destroy them. I'm I sorry, so Chicago agree with that. Fans. Like, I don't want it to be true, but I was kind of thinking the Bucks were going to sweep whoever they played in the first round just because, like, I think the Bucks are going to be like, hey, guys, the penny champs. But the way the Bulls are playing, they're getting swept. The Sixers are going to be doing the opposite. Well, not quite the opposite. Close to the opposite. They're going to get pushed to seven games. They're going to beat Toronto, but I think Toronto is going to give them an extremely tough series. Um, not even just because they won't have Matisse Thibault in in the Toronto for those games, uh, but just uh, Toronto is just going to be a, a tough matchup, and you know they're going to play well. And then finally, I'm saying the West cannot hang with the Suns. I think at most the Suns get pushed to like six games. I don't think they even get one game seven before they make it to the NBA Finals. Damn, I love those. I agree with the West, man. I, I'm like I said, I just don't think that there's any team that's consistent enough to hang with the Nets. Yeah. Tal- uh, with the Suns, talented enough for sure, Absolutely. but like, but like consistent enough. I I just and the stars that are there are not on teams that can that can hang with the Suns. You know, like if Luka Doncic was on was on the Warriors, maybe, but like uh, you know, he's on the Mavs and he's having to do it all on his own. And we talked about the tr- the deadline trades that they made, but it's just not been enough still. So I I definitely agree with you there. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off something you said and switch it around a little bit because my big upset is the Raptors are going to make the conference finals. I think they have a great shot of upsetting the 76ers. And I think the Heat, you know, they're a great team, but I think the Raptors and the Heat are very much the same team. They got strong core um, and and that's going to be kind of a seven game series. So in a toss up, I definitely love Nick Nurse and the Raptors. You know, it's uh, listen, uh, Raptors have like five players that are averaging 15 points per game. Pascal Siakam, still a star, even if he's not getting the headlines anymore. Scotty Barnes should be rookie of the year. Van Fleet is an all star, et cetera, et cetera. And we know Nick Nurse can coach. We know he can coach in these situations. So <laughs> I think so- six, seven to like six, 10 guys that, that are skilled. Yeah. And literally like Toronto's just like, give us all of those guys. Right, exactly. And they can definitely, definitely do it. And I think their kind of home court games with the whole vaccination situation benefits them against a couple different teams. So that's something to take into account as well. Who knows? Like Matisse Thibel is is in the first one, but who knows? Because apparently no one is clear about who is vaccinated or no. not. Everybody's know, just like, we know Kyrie wouldn't be there, but like the Celtics have a couple players. Like, yeah, I, think I don't each, know. I, I have no team, idea. You know, for a fact, like the Bulls got some or the, the Heat got somebody or two. Like, I think each team, it is going to become a factor. And yeah. uh, the, 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 the question will be how much of a fact, like, is it because Matisse Thibel is really, really good, but I, <clears throat> You can survive that one a little better than you can survive Kyrie Irving. Right. If the Celtics lose, you know, uh, Marcus Smart, it's going to suck. But if they lose Jason Tatum, it's like, yeah, okay, well, this is this series has just changed completely. So four games at home. Right. Exactly. So it, it, I think that they have a great shot and I think they have a great coach to take them there. So my biggest upset is that the Raptors are going to upset all of these goodies teams. And make and make the conference finals. They'll have to play the Bucks, the Celtics, or the Nets. I, you know, they can win against them, but I'm not going to go that that far. But I think they make the conference finals um, over the Sixers in my head. Um, so let's just get to it: Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals. 
I'll I'll start for the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm sticking with my guns here, both my homer pick guns and my upset guns. So I'm going Raptors Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I just think if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart can get themselves past KD and Kyrie. I do think they have what it takes to beat the Bucs. I do. I think that's serious. That's why you picked them. <laughs> no, I th- I think that they're going to have to. I picked the. This is my Boston because I'm a Celtics fan. Just, just be honest. With, just be honest with, with people, Yannick. I didn't pick Celtics when they were the seventh seed and they played the Nets because it didn't make any sense. They were never going to beat them. However, I think the winner of the Nets and the Celtics will beat the Bucs. I have that feeling that they just have the better players at this point. Like Giannis is the best player maybe comparatively, but I think whoever can come out of that series has a great chance of upsetting the champions. And I, if the Nets get out of it, I think that it would be the Nets. However, because I'm doing my homer pick of the Celtics over the Nets, I'm picking the Celtics. And like I said, I think the Raptors have a great chance of upsetting the 76ers in the heat. So I have a Raptors Celtics rematch in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that would be really fun. And in the West, I have less of a sexy pick. I have the Suns versus the Grizzlies in the Western Conference Finals. I just think the Grizzlies are in the right place, both health wise and uh, performance wise, that maybe the Warriors aren't. And they're going to um, maybe it's not upset based on seating, but just like upset based on like recent history um beat the warriors play the suns i agree no one's going to compete with the suns the suns will make it past the grizzlies but for the conference finals i have the suns versus grizzlies who do you have in the east and the west conference finals yeah i got uh i'm going Philly. i I do think that they're gonna be able to get by the heat and and this toughest toronto is going to make it for them um i I think they'll they've they've got enough and and i think joe like Toronto will be tough and they'll be able to throw a lot at Embiid, but Embiid is just so, so big and so skilled that I, I think he'll be able to do enough. And then, I, I mean, I I love the Celtics. I love the Nets, but neither of them are as complete as teams as the Bucs. Um, and, and I think, too, I think the Bucs, that first round series is going to be such an easy series. And I would be shocked if Boston, Brooklyn doesn't go seven games. So you got yeah. a team coming out of an absolute battle. And now you got to go play the defending champs who are going to be fresh and have been preparing for you. So I think that really is advantageous for the Bucs. So I got Milwaukee against Philly. And then uh, I got Phoenix, of course. And and I went with Golden State. I I, I want to go with the Grizzlies, but I, I went with Golden State just for the sheer fact of, of a little have, having a little bit more of that playoff uh, experience. No, oh, I love that. I love that. Um, man, I would love any of those. That sounds really great. How much faith do you have in James Harden that you have the Sixers in the conference finals? Because that's really the one thing holding me back. I have no problem having faith in Joel Embiid that he can get past people. But the second part of that question is James Harden. So how much faith do you have in him? I don't have a ton in, in faith in James Harden, but I, I have enough faith in, in Embiid and I guess maybe in Harden and like not all that much faith in Toronto or Mike. Like Toronto's a good team, but I, like and Scotty Barnes is a great player, but but I don't think they have really any like. Siakam hasn't reached those those heights he he did in that playoff run a few years ago when they won it all. They, like they don't really have a gamer, and that's always sometimes the worry with the Heat. Like we saw the Heat totally have an advantage uh, being in the bubble. Like I think that that was very fortuitous for them, um, and, and just like the kind of culture that they have, but. Is it? I mean, like they're the number one seed, and neither of us have given them a lot of talk or, or, or love. So it's less of me being like, ah, can James Harden do it? As much as I'm just like, can Toronto or Miami really do it? And and I'm not sure when when the beat has been as good as he's been. I I don't think they can. 
Interesting. So do you think that whoever comes out of that side versus 76ers versus Raptors is going to upset the Heat? Uh, not necessarily. I, I think the Heat would be able to battle with the Raptors better than, than with Philly. Okay. Okay. No, I was just interested but in I that. Mean, like, I mean, I'm just going like Joel Embiid has been the best player. He's been unstoppable. And, and like, I, I, so I, and there's no one on Toronto or Miami that I'm like, oh yeah, they're going to be able to like, Jimmy Butler is really, really good. Can he go toe for toe with, with Joel Embiid? No, he can't. Like he, it's not the way he plays. Right. No, totally, totally. And totally uh, makes sense. All right. So interesting conference finals. We both have, um, I, I feel like this question has been asked, uh, but I will repeat it because it is in the in the outline. Uh, no seven seed has ever won the NBA championship ever. Uh, how can do you think? I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are unlike a seven seed we've seen at least in a while. Do you think that the Nets can win it all? And how important do you think Ben Simmons returning will be to that challenge? Yeah, I think they can win it all. Um... It, it's such a tough road. Uh, Boston, then probably Milwaukee, then like Miami, Toronto, or, or like it, it's going to be, they're probably going to like play like four of the top five teams from this entire year if they were to do it, um, which is a pretty big ask. So I, I don't see it happening this year. And, and I also kind of don't see it happening this year because I, I, I would, there's no reason to me why you would even play Ben Simmons. For how long that he's been playing, like has been sitting out to now be like, hey, let's throw you in the, in the playoffs. I think that'd be one of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen a front office or a coach, like whoever would make the decision. One of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen. Like if he hasn't played now, I don't know why you would be like, oh yeah, <laughs> playoffs where it's shit's really intense and it's like go, go, go. And like, Guys actually are playing 48 minutes locked in every time? No, that'd be fucking idiotic. So I, I think Ben Simmons is not playing this year. And I think Brooklyn kind of knows that. I, I think, you know, you got a guy like Kevin and, and Kyrie, this team believes and is going to fight for a championship. But I think, like, Brooklyn is, is like, we've got years. I, I think they feel more comfortable with, like, the future now with Ben Simmons than they did with Harden. Like, I, I think with Harden, it always kind of felt like, how long is he going to be here? I don't know. Like, I think Ben is is going to be here for a while, and I think they know that, and, and they feel more comfortable just with where the franchise is sitting in general. So do you think Ben Simmons, because it's reported that Ben Simmons is going to get thrown in against the Celtics, do you think that would not have an effect, or do you think that, that would actually would be disadvantageous? I mean, I, I, get, I guess it depends on how much you ask him. I, I, I think it's stupid. I, like, I think it's stupid for him. Like because yeah, defensively he he brings a lot, but I, I just I don't know how much it would hurt the team because maybe they only play him a little bit, and 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 I do think Durant is such a, a great leader and and like basketball like you is just out of this world where you wouldn't let it affect him too much. I just don't I just don't see the reason. Like I, I think that's a bad for a guy who especially like crumbled in the playoffs. The last time we saw him, like I, I don't think just throwing him in now would would be all that smart. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you because I think Ben Simmons works best when he's kind of not only just a defensive, you know, star on the team, but also when he's kind of the he's becoming like the guy who finds the outlet passes and finds his stars. And for him to be that guy, he needs to play more and he needs to have a lot of minutes on the floor. 
in order to be as effective as he can be. So I don't think it'll hurt them necessarily. Maybe they can get an extra stop or two that their otherwise kind of poor defense might not. Um, but I, I also I just don't think it affects everything that much. I, I think that unless he came back and was so conditioned, which we know he isn't because he spent this whole offseason, you know, changing the reason why he wasn't playing. Um, so like, I just don't believe that he's in the kind of shape that he's going to need to really have an impact. Um, it would really come down. It would come down to what, what are you asking him offensively? Right. Because like, if it really was just like, Hey dude, we want you to just D up and then like, out of chill on that, like, you know, make, get some loose balls, be here for a dunk in there, which he would be able to do with Kyrie and Durant and, and Patty mill and like all the other ball handlers that they have and everything. But I think that would be the biggest thing. It's like, can, can you make sure that, like, offensively, you're kind of protecting him as well? Because, like, his size and defense, especially for a team that is not good at defense, you would certainly take it a heart. Right, for sure. No, but I, I think, as for the Nets, they absolutely can win it all. Um, you know, their defense isn't anything to look at and be happy about. But, you know, if they show us that they can beat a stellar Boston defense and two really great offensive players, you know, and they show us, for example, that they can hold down Giannis at least with their defense. There's no telling what they can do. Um, if Simmons came back at the level that I feel like people are expecting to come back, which I don't think it's fair to ask him. Yeah. Would it change them from being a, a team in contention to being the favorite in every series they play? Probably, but that's a lot of ifs. So I think that uh, the Nets can definitely win it all because they have a man named Kevin Durant and another man named Kyrie Irving. And if those two, you know, go on a really long journey together and score, score, score. Yeah, they can definitely win it. But that's asking a lot against really great teams, really great opposition over and over again. You know, even the greats, you know, have off games. Can the Nets survive off games by by those two enough? Uh, Hard to say. But yeah, I definitely think more than any other seven seed I've ever seen. They, they have a chance to win it all. You know what I mean? Like normally we'd be talking about dark horse teams. I don't feel like the Nets are a dark horse team. I feel like they are one of the top five favorites to win it. Like yeah. if we're being completely honest between the Bucks and the Suns and them and if you know, maybe give you like a hundred bucks and they're like pick five teams that you think would win it. Like everybody's going to take the Nets as one of those five teams because right. of the, the talent they have. hundred percent. You know, I mean, like I would love to be completely wrong about Ben Simmons because I, I'm a, I'm a big Big Simmons fan, and I think he's gotten some some tough flack for, for some things. And uh, he would like what? There's a reason they did, they did they did the trade. What he would provide is would be massively valuable to to this Nets roster. So we'll see. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, the last thing we'll do before we wrap up this episode, the NBA awards, the deadline for for uh, the people voting, I think is this Friday. So let's go through, and uh, you know what? I'll just uh, I'll name I'll name one. You give me your winner and I'll tell you if I got differently on here um, and we'll just give who we think has won each award for the season Sounds and uh, it'll be good. So let's start with most improved player of the year. Who do you have as MIP? So I don't think a guy like Josh should win. I think he's going to. But right. Like, maybe this jump happened quicker than we expected. But is anyone that shocked? I, like, I'm not. So I don't right. think guys like Josh should win it. Uh, I almost went close with his teammate, Desmond Bain, who I think is, is <laughs> as deserving as anybody. But I went, and partly last night bias, I went with Darius Garland. I, I've been extremely impressed with him. 
uh, this year with the Cavs. Got to clean up the turnovers a little bit. Uh, that certainly hurt them last night when they were kind of making a run. He would be a little careless with the ball. But, man, that guy can shoot it, uh, can, can pass it, and, and make some big-time plays. And, and he fits so well in that, that Cavaliers offense. So I want Darius Garland. Yeah, I I love that. I also agree. John Morant should not be able to win it. He probably will because he's John Morant. But like, he's a star. It's not like fair, but yeah, it's like he's the number two pick. So right. Like, it's not like we should be that. So I think it's dumb. Considering the season he had last season, where people are already like, "Yeah, he's a bona fide star." How much more yeah. of a bona fide star can he be? You know, for for him to win Most Improved Player, if he had moved from this season to the MVP this season, fine. Fine, but then you would give him the MVP. So, like the year, the year Jokic won MVP, he should have won Most Improved Player. Then <laughs> that's like, true. You can make you like you can make that argument for so many players. Who are like, wow, what a great big jump! Like, it's supposed to be for someone you don't really. Even Garland is like kind of borderline. Like Des, Desmond Bain is probably the one that truly deserves it because We're, there is not a damn person in the world besides Desmond Bain that saw this happening. Right, exactly. And I'm going to go with another guy. I didn't see this happening. It's DeJounte Murray. You know, I think DeJounte Murray had a great leap. No one expected anything out of the Spurs, you know, except for a couple of good games and good coaching. And DeJounte Murray has that team in position to, you know, win tonight, hopefully, and, and, and have a chance to make the playoffs. And he's been outstanding, got an all-star this year. I think it was rightfully deserved. And also, like, if you had told me DeJounte Murray is going to be an all-star, probably wouldn't have believed you. So... I, I think DeJounte Murray is another guy kind of like Desmond Bain who more deserves the credit than an already bona fide star like Ja Morant. Um, in terms of coach, who do you got as best coach of the year? Uh, it'll be interesting. I, I'm curious who you, who you have. So I kind of, again, feel the same way about this award that I do about like Monty Williams is great. I'm not going to be upset when he does win coach of the year, but the Suns were in the finals last year. I'm not going to be shocked that they're the one seed. I'm yeah. quite shocked that the Grizzlies are the two seed. Like that, that surprises me quite a lot. So I got Taylor Jenkins. I like, I, I think the, the jump, because like the John Morant jump, I, we, I think we all saw it coming. I don't think we thought the Grizzlies were going to get the two. At least I didn't see this team getting up to the two seed this year um, and, and make this jump so quickly. So Taylor Jenkins from Memphis. I love that. And and the only reason I did go with the pick that everyone's going to go with is because he hasn't won coach of the year yet. So I did go with Monty Williams because even though you can say, you know, the jump wasn't that all that much because they went to the finals last year. He still hasn't won. Why has he won? He still does great coaching. I, I feel like people don't give him the benefit of the doubt because that team is so good, but he's not like a, a guy who just sits there and doesn't coach. So he does a really great job. And I think, he deserves the award, maybe not necessarily, but he just deserves. Me, can you name me the coaches in the NBA that just sit there and don't coach? I don't know what Yannick's list of. I, I listen. All I mean is like there's some teams with some stars. Doesn't mess with you. No, Monte's a great, Monte's a great, great, great coach. No, that's fair. Yeah. It does. It feels like one of those awards where it's like here is for like the work that you've done with Phoenix, just in general. It's like it's like an honorary Oscar, you know, like you haven't won one, but like you, you deserve never, one. You never really did it for your best uh, like role. Right. Exactly. Um, for sixth man of the year. I feel like this one is pretty clear, but 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 prove me wrong. I mean, I don't know. I, it's got to be hero, right? It's got to like, be Tyler. Yeah, exactly. Like 20 points <laughs> off, the, off the bench, like just that instant offense. He didn't. 
you know, blew up in, in the bubble and then kind of was a little uninspired last year. Like, it didn't kind of continue that, but he's found his groove again, and he's he's been a G for Miami. He's the one, he's the reason they still kept the one seed. Like, that team is good, but he's the reason they kept the one seed and didn't fall to, like, two or three, especially with the pressure that was on them from the other teams. You know what I mean? Like, he is the reason that kind of power off the bench is just ridiculous. Yeah. It's about, like, as much as I knock the heat for not having, like, a guy, they sometimes don't need a guy because they have so many really good almost guy like their their depth is is scary yeah it's super impressive no super impressive all right so we agree on six man do we agree on rookie of the year maybe this one is different there's some names in there kate cunningham evan mobley scotty barnes who are you looking at yeah i mean i kate was impressive i i'm scotty Bar- scotty barnes would have played all year like he played the last like month and a half or so i'd, I'd probably go scotty barnes but evan mobley's been an absolute g for Cleveland. He's part of the reason that they've, you know, got a chance to actually be in the playoffs. He was terrific last night. The guy's ability to to defend so many different positions um is is like I mean Scotty Barnes can kind of do that, but you see that more from like six eight guys. You don't see it a lot of times from six eleven lanky guys like him, but his mobility and, and his ability just to to make a very large spacious court smaller because of how quick and long he is is you can't even quantify it. So Evan Mobley easily. Okay. Yeah. For me, I don't have Evan, but I do hear what you're saying. I don't have Evan, but I, I don't, I agree. It's not Cade for me. Ground. Jaw ground. Uh, It's not Cade for me because Cade played well, but he played a lot of meaningless minutes with that Detroit team. So I can't really, I don't really give it to him. I do give it to Scotty Barnes. I agree. Like, did he like highly press himself up this last month and a half? Sure. But he does, he has changed the makeup of a Toronto team, similar like to Evan Mobley has, from being a team that has a couple guys to being a team that actually can upset the Sixers. I don't think that people would have as much faith in the Raptors upsetting the Sixers without a a talent like Scotty Barnes also being on that team. And I didn't think he's just played phenomenal. He's averaging ridiculous amount of minutes as well. Um, I agree with Evan Mobley, but I, but for me, it's Scotty Barnes. What he's done over this last month and a half has been impressive. And whether or not that's enough to knock Evan Mobley, I just, I, that's my pick. So that's what I got to say. <laughs> um, Dude, so you're taking Giannis for the MVP? No, I'm not taking Giannis for the MVP. But he's had such a great last month. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, Let's go with uh, what's what's next. Defensive player of the year. This will be interesting. I'm going to go first for this one. Um, I got and, and, and you know, I, I think that this is warranted because I don't know if there's a clear one. Uh, I'm going with Marcus Smart. Uh, what? <laughs> what? No. You're not. No, OK, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> Listen, it's hard. Shocking. It's hard to pick here. Come on, there are questions about whether Boston's scheme is more to credit than Smart's individual play. But he hasn't been a defensive stalwart, and in a league where there aren't any, there aren't a lot of other clear cut choices. I think that Marcus Smart is a good choice. And you know what? I looked it up before. Of course, Marcus Smart's a good choice. It's just funny that like. You Marcus Smart could have had like the seven best chances, and you would have picked Marcus Smart. No, no, I wouldn't have. Absolutely not. I didn't pick him last year. This episode's going. Listen, I think I I I picked him last year. Oh, did you? Uh, Maybe that actually does sound familiar. Um, Okay, so who do you have? Deserved it last year. Bam, I got Bam. Even with all of the games he didn't play. Yeah, he's still the best defender. Uh, 
Okay. <laughs> maybe Evan Mobley. Maybe Evan Mobley. Like I would mention how good Evan Mobley is at guarding all those five positions. Bam's probably the only one better. I don't think there's anyone that can guard one through five. So I got Bam. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, Bam is definitely up there too. I I it'll be interesting to see how they rate that because I didn't have defense. a homer team to pick. Yeah, and I had um, to pick my homer team hard this time because I'm about to bash on one next next hour. So I, yeah. I have to give them the love what I can. Um Okay. Yeah. So you never give your Homer teams love. Never. I've never done that ever. I always hate on them, and I'm the most critical person of my team. So everyone knows Byron's that. going to win two Champions Leagues in a row. Do you remember that? <sighs> I don't. I don't want to talk about that. Please. Um, MVP. Who do you have as your MVP? Obviously, Jokic. Yeah, I got Joel. I got, you got Joel. Okay, yeah. you got Joel. He's, That's... he's been the best. Like he's. Been, I mean, Jokic has been historically great and been incredible. And I think just to do it without those two guys is so impressive. So like Jokic, it's it's like one A one B for me. Um, and Giannis has been good, but like I said, he's really turned it on mostly like the last couple of years. I think I think all these awards, it, it, you know, is an eighty-two game total. Um, and Joel Embiid has been the best player in the league from game one to game eighty-two. And 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 I, I don't really think you can argue as as great as Jokic has been. I don't think you can argue that. Yeah, I'm just going with who got kind. Of, I think it is so close still. And even though I agree with you that Joel Embiid played so well over the entire season, I think because it's so close and MB and, and Joel, uh, sorry. And Nicola had that March and April where he was West player of the month, 31 points per game, 13 rebounds per game, seven assists per game. I just think he's so good at so many different things. He got hot at the right time. Uh, that's why I'm going with Nikola Jokic. As much as Joel didn't play poorly over the last end of the season, I don't think he played as hot as, as, as Jokic did. He played pretty darn well and got a trade with James Harden. Like the fact that his play didn't drop when you get a guy like James Harden is, I think, extremely impressive. I think that's more impressive than like trying to make up for like some injuries because that's that happens more. Like you usually have to. So, yeah, I mean, also though, couldn't oh, oh Manchester City trying to score? They didn't they, score. they didn't. Um, yeah. Also though, I like. Out of the Philly team and the Nuggets team, apart from Joel and Jokic, who do you think has more to play with? Like, who do you think has more players around them that can make a difference? The Nuggets or the 76ers? The Nuggets. You think the Nuggets, even with Matisse, what's another Nuggets player that you think without Jokic having a good game would would do it, considering their injuries right now? I mean, Aaron Gordon has a good game, and Monte Morris has a good game. They, they, they got some still, like, role play. Like, I don't... I don't think the Sixers role players are good at all. I'm not, I'm not a fan of, I think Tobias Harris sucks. Um, and, and Harden's great, but like, I, I, I like the Nuggets players a lot more than, than, than the Sixers roster. So you would take Aaron Gordon and Monte Morris over Harden, Matisse Thibel and Tobias Harris? No, that's not what I said. No, I'm just asking. Cause yeah, that, that's those are the players. No, I didn't say I would trade those players. I'd say, I didn't say trade. I said, I, I like the Nuggets roster as a whole more than the Sixers. If okay, so going to trade me Aaron Gordon and Monte Morris for those other three players, then yeah, I'm going to take the other three players. Okay, but, but what no, I'm... I like the Nuggets roster more. No, so the question I was asking wasn't a trade question. The question I was asking was, let's say the Nuggets play the 76ers and Embiid and Jokic are both out. Who wins that game? I'm in the 76ers. Yeah, and, and I, I think I that's where I'm full strength. Yeah, so that's I kind of where my head is at in terms of who's playing with less. I but think I, that's what I'm saying. When I'm talking about roster as a whole, how they work together, I like the Nuggets roster as a whole more than the Sixers. 
Okay, but you don't think they would win? Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, in, the game, in the game where Joel Embiid's out and then Jokic, Murray, and Porter are out, yeah, I'm probably going to take the Sixers. Okay. <laughs> but if you have Jokic and Embiid, like the Nuggets roster as a whole, I like more. Okay, so you're the roster that, that plays around saying. the stars. Okay, all right. I was just, Jesus. I was, I was just curious. All right. Well, it'll be interesting because the NBA awards uh, do get voted on by Friday, and um, yeah, I mean, I kind of hope it's Embiid just because I don't want Jokic feels like a weird repeat MVP, um, but it does feel like he's just getting so much uh, love on that. And you don't think there's any chance that Giannis wins again, correct? Like, I don't think so. I don't. And honestly, even the Jokic, like, I feel like the Jokic stuff is just because like Embiid has kind of dominated the MVP talk the whole time, where it's like we have to have something to like discuss, and there has to be someone else here to talk about, or else it's super, super boring. Uh, because okay. I do think, well, like, fair or not, I think the fact that Jokic just won is going to hurt him. It will. I, 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 I do. I do. LeBron James would have, you know, 15 MVPs if, if that if that wasn't the case. But, like, it's, it's going to hurt him. 15 um, MVPs. <laughs> That's hyperbolic. <laughs> hyperbolic, but I do get it. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in for NBA Playoff Talk. Tune into the next hour, and we'll talk some soccer, and I will cry my eyes out about the <laughs> Bayern boys. Aww.